say, what a fantastic time this morning, wasn't it? Really just wonderful. We have an amazing God, don't we? Just really a powerful time in his presence together, uh, meeting with him, experiencing his presence. It, it really was wonderful. Um, what I'm sharing this morning, um, it follows on really from uh, what Richard preached about um, last week. Um, it's really a topic uh, which I believe that God wants to emphasize to us um, in this time um, as individuals and as a church as well together um, in, in God speaking to us. Um, so, you know, in this age of, we're in an age, aren't we, of 24-7 communication. Uh, we're bombarded by, by voices, aren't we, speaking to in our, uh, into our lives about what's important, wanting to put an opinion across, and a, v- a view and an agenda, um, whether it's you know, on the way to work in the morning, the radio, um, 24-7 news, um, emails coming to us, you know, lots of companies wanting to sell us things, all that obviously they're essential to our lives as far as they're concerned. Um, and then the social media as well, isn't there? You know, whether it's Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, or these cool new ones like um, Snapchat, which I don't really do, don't understand, but I'm sure some of you do. You know, the list goes on. Uh, I'm sure you'd all agree that uh, we're in a communication frenzied age, aren't we? Uh, and it can make for information overload if we're not careful with all those competing voices uh, for our attention. Uh, and my question is, you know, which voices will we prioritize uh, and take note of? Uh, and today, I just want to remind us and, and encourage us uh, and the value and the importance of hearing and responding um, to the most important voice that has ever spoken or will have ever speak, uh, and that's the amazing voice of our God. You know, perhaps sometimes we discount ourselves from hearing God's voice speak into our lives. You know, we perhaps wrongly believe Um, that God's voice is only for special gifted Christians. No, God wouldn't speak to me. I wouldn't be able to hear um, his voice in my life. Now, don't believe that lie. Don't believe that lie. In John 10, um, verses 2 to 5, it says this. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought them out, all, by, all out his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus tells us that, that we know his voice. As his children, we know his voice, and we can distinguish his voice. Now, I realize that it's not always easy, um, but just as when I call my children, uh, Lucas and Alyssa, uh, they can qu- clearly distinguish my voice, the voice of their dad. And you know, the same way we can know the voice of our Heavenly Father. And I'm quite confident that anyone in this room um, could call my children. Um, but if I called them, they'd, they'd be able to distinguish and identify my voice. Uh, whether they'd respond is another matter. <laughs> Now, I don't know if other parents have experienced this, experienced this, but I found if, you know, the sentence includes maybe the word sweets or ice creams, immediately their ears are pricking up and they'll, they'll definitely hear that sentence. Um, but not only do my children recognize my voice, uh, but there's also an inherent trust um, they have in what I say. They, they don't doubt anything I tell them, and they know that I won't lead them uh, into trouble or harm, and they'll follow me uh, wherever I go. Uh, and on the flip side, um, they won't just tr- trust and follow the voice of a stranger. In Revelation 3.20, it says this, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. 
If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. And if you're a Christian here today, if you've opened that door and invited Jesus into your life um, for him to be Lord and Savior, then you've already heard his voice. You've heard him calling. So don't doubt that you can hear him because you've already heard him in your life. And he longs for that conversation to continue. You know, as he sits at the table of life with you, um, he doesn't want it to be silence. He wants to, um, you to listen to him. He wants you to talk to him because Jesus truly has the most powerful and important voice that we'll ever speak. And as well, if you aren't a Christian here today, if you haven't yet given your life to him, um, don't disqualify, disqualify yourself from hearing his voice either because, what, because God wants you to come to know him personally. Even right now this morning as I'm speaking, um, you can hear his voice. It might not be an audible voice, but just a sense that um, God uh, wants you to meet him. He wants to encounter you. He wants you to experience him, for you to receive new life and forgiveness. And if you do make that decision, if you do um, hear that voice and respond, I'd really just encourage you to share that with someone, uh, maybe the person you came with or somebody down the front. Um, we'd love to help you and encourage you further in that. Um, so if you'd like to turn in your Bibles now, um, let's look a little bit further at what it says in the Word um, about God's voice. So if you'd like to turn to Psalm 29. So in Psalm 29, starting at verse 3, it says this. <clears throat> the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks into pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadash. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forests bare. And in his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people and the Lord blesses his people with peace. It's really coming across, isn't it, in that, in that um, psalm, that the voice of the Lord is powerful. In verse 3, we're told that it's over the waters. And in Genesis, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. You know, a reminder that God's voice was instrumental in creation. An amazing demonstration of the power of God's voice. God said, and there was. God's voice was the instrument of creation. He spoke, and the universe came into being. His voice is majestic. He speaks with majesty and he speaks with grace to us. Uh, and when we're looking at this psalm, you know, you'll notice that the psalm starts with a storm um, but concludes with those, um, those words of God giving strength and peace to his people. And that's his intention of his voice to us, um, taking us from a storm to a place of strength and peace. And if perhaps you feel that you're experiencing a storm in your life at the moment, know that God wants you to hear his voice and experience strength and peace in your circumstance. Now, it really is amazing, isn't it, when you think about it, that the God of all creation would choose to speak into our lives, to speak to us personally. And I love this verse that's in uh, Jeremiah 33, 3, where it says this, Call to me and I will answer you 
and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Now, God wants to share wonderful truth with us. There's some things that we can only understand through revelation from God. And God wants us to be well-equipped in life on earth. You know, we weren't designed to, to live life on our own. We were designed to live it in close relationship with him, speaking to him about our cares, our concerns, our fears, our dreams, and having him speak his wonderful truth into our lives as well, about who he's made us to be, about the great purpose he has for each of us here, and about who he is as well. Um, there's three particular areas that I want to look at uh, um, in terms of God speaking to us, and I believe are important. Uh, and the first one of those areas is identity. Now, identity is so important, isn't it? It establishes our outlook on life. Um, it forms who we see ourselves to be and who we aspire to be. Uh, and I'm sure you'd agree that it's important that we allow God to speak into, our, into that uh, identity um, and, I, and confirm who we are in him. And we've heard lots of great preaching, haven't we, uh, about our identity for a while now as a church. Um, God's word to us on our identity in Jesus. You know, the world would try to tell us that our identity should be taken from various places. Um, our image, how we look, um, what we do, what speak people have spoken us about us in the past, or maybe even challenges we've had in the past. But we know, don't we, that the very core of our identity is who we are in Jesus. You know, and just to name a few of those things, we are loved, aren't we? We're loved by God. That is our identity. We're accepted by him. We're sons and daughters of God. We are his children. What an amazing place to be. We're overcomers. We're victorious in him. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. Each of us beautiful in his sight. And we're God's special possession. And I could go on. There's so many more, isn't there? And hopefully we, you know, we, we know these truths. We understand them. Um, but a real challenge can be not just to know them um, in our heads as knowledge and fact, um, but, but to, to believe them as well, to own them as our reality and live out that truth and identity, to walk in that truth uh, of that identity day by day, that our actions would correspond to our God-created identity. A challenge for all of us, I'm sure. And I really like the way it's put uh, in a a song um, by a band called United Pursuits, if, may, if maybe you've heard of them. Um, and the name of the song is From the Head to the Heart. Uh, and the chorus just sings, sings these simple words. Um, so I see some people nodding, yeah, I know it. Um, From the head to the heart, you take me on a journey. You know, will we welcome God's voice in our lives? Will we allow him to speak these truths of our identity and take us forward in that journey from knowing these truths um, to believing them and living them? Um, and I've got a, a bit of a testimony that I want to share um, this morning um, from a book that myself and Rean have been reading recently. And I believe it really illustrates this point beautifully. Um, and the book is called um, Parenting Children for a Life of Faith. Um, and as a little aside as well, I would really highly recommend this book. I'm not on commission or anything, but um, it really is a fantastic book. Um, the core principle of it um, is that, you know, as parents, we should um, model to our children what it is to be in a relationship with Jesus, you know, rather than just giving them um, knowledge. Um, and the, the author, Rachel Turner, um, describes this as um, helping our children to be God-connected rather than just God-smart. 
um, so that they're really valuing and knowing and understanding what it is to have a relationship with God rather than just knowledge. Um, so the example I'm going to read, it relates to a child, but obviously you know, it relates to us uh, and is just as relevant as adults. Um, so I'll find it in this book. When I met Colin, he'd been in two foster homes since being taken away from his fam- family situation almost three years before. Eleven years old and recently adopted, he felt as if he had a, cana- um, vol- a volcano of hurt and anger inside him. The smallest spark could set him off, and when he did, he lashed out at anyone around, screaming, kinking, kicking, punching, and throwing things. After he'd exploded, he often crawled into a wardrobe and closed the door in an attempt to hide and feel safe. When the volcano erupted, he felt as if he couldn't stop it, and it often scared him to see who I really am inside. Vina and Ron, Colin's adoptive parents, had been actively modelling the reality of a relationship with God at home and decided that they needed to be more proactive in creating opportunities for Colin to connect with God. I worked with them on how to help Colin hear God's voice, and they began to look um, for a chance to introduce the idea to their son. One night, God, um, Colin talked to his dad. Um, Colin talked about how his dad had always called him useless, and Ron felt that this might be a good opportunity to help Colin connect with God. He told God, Colin, how God was really good at taking away bad things that people had said to us and replacing them with truth. He offered to help Colin hear what God had said to him about him. Colin hesitantly agreed, and Ron briefly outlined for Colin how to catch God's voice. After a lightning-quick prayer from Ron, inviting God to meet with him, Colin sat in silence, waiting, as Ron had told him for God to do something. Okay, God, thought Colin, if I'm not useless, then what am I? Instantly, like writing on the inside of his mind, a word wonderful appeared with little stars and fireworks exploding around it. Colin's eyes flung open and he whispered, he said something. Ron asked about it excitedly while a smile lit Colin's face and warmth spread through his chest. Wonderful, he said out loud. Wonderful with fireworks. Something broke in Colin, and tears began to pour down his face. Quickly, he shoved his face into his hands to hide, and Ron gently asked if he could let God keep on talking to him. He nodded, and over the next couple of minutes, God and Colin met heart to heart. Colin chatting to God, and God chatting back. What a beautiful testimony. A child simply coming to God and asking him to speak into his life. And God responding by speaking a simple but powerful truth into Colin's life, replacing a lie um, that had been spoken over his life in the past with a powerful encounter. Now, the next area that I want to look at is hope. Um, a simple word from God can cause hope to stir in us. You know, in the natural, there might not be much to give us cause for hope. With God, there is always, always cause for hope because we know his nature, don't we, as a good, good father. So first of all, what is hope? It's not cross your fingers and hope for the best, but biblical hope is confident expectation and desire for something. The Bible teacher John Piper talks about hope as a reservoir of emotional strength. If we're put down by someone, we draw upon a reservoir of hope which enables us to respond with love. 
If we experience setbacks such as illness, difficulties in work, challenges with children, a relationship going through difficulties, again, we draw upon the reservoir of hope for strength to keep going and not give up. You know, one way that we can ensure that our reservoir of hope is full to overflowing is to welcome and value the voice of God in our lives, to catch his voice of hope. And I recognize that there's many ways that we can receive God's voice, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, by receiving his word to us as Christians, we fill up our reservoir of hope. You know, a simple example as we come to the word, we read the verse in Jeremiah 29, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. When we read God's word, we can ask him to speak into our circumstance, to receive his words of hope for our situation. And as we do, hope begins to rise up within us. And you know, over the last uh, month or so, I've just been listening, uh, and I've heard testimonies as well that really encouraged me. Uh, one that I heard um, a couple of months back, uh, you might remember, um, a lady called Carol uh, in our community here. She just shared a testimony of how um, she'd been training in a school, um, and God had spoken a word to her, um, that I will create a job for you. And she'd held on to that word of hope. Um, and then a couple of months down the line, uh, she'd been in conversation with the, the head of the school, I think it was. Um, and the head said those specific words to, you, to her. Um, she said, uh, we will create a job for you. And she, um, she stepped into that role. You know, what an amazing testimony of God um, speaking a word to someone, it giving them hope um, and just seeing the fulfillment of that as well. And of course, God doesn't just speak to us personally to give us hope. Um, he speaks his wor word um, you know, t for us to share it with those um, around as well. And that's what Richard really encouraged us in last week and we responded in that. Uh, and a few years back, um, a colleague of mine, um, he was sharing a really difficult circumstance that his, himself and his wife were going through. Uh, they'd had three miscarriages uh, and they were beginning to lose hope of having a child. Uh, and I had the opportunity to speak God's word of hope into his life. Uh, and God gave me a word, a simple word of faith, just to share with him that him and his wife would have a healthy baby. And later that year, they had a healthy baby boy. And you know, yeah, praise God for that. Praise God. And I would encourage us to let Paul's prayer to the Romans in Romans 15, 13 also be our prayer. And his prayer was this, overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, so as we receive, as we value and trust in God's voice, let's be those who overflow with the, um, the power of the Holy Spirit, overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I've talked about identity, I've talked about hope. Uh, the next area that I want to look at is um, calling and direction. Uh, and I'm sure we can all call to mind a time in our lives when we've been at a particular crossroads, wondering which direction do I go, praying, God, make it clear to me which way I should go. And in, I in Isaiah 48, 17, it says this. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. You know, whatever the situation, we can hear God's voice into our lives. You know, it might not be an audible voice, uh, but as we pray, we should be in no doubt that God's guiding voice is available to us as his children. You know, when a significant decision comes up, it can be really good as well to, to draw on those around us. Um, you know, maybe go to a mature Christian friend um, and just share what, what it is with them um, and allow them, you know, to pray into it as well and help and guide us and, and bring discernment from God. 
And when I began to um, pray about this particular aspect of God speaking to us, I felt that it was just much more um, than decisions as well. Um, I believe God wants us to welcome and value his um, voice in knowing our calling and being challenged on its outworking. And what do we mean by calling? You could perhaps describe this as a conviction of taking a particular direction with regard to our God-given purpose. And I believe it's really important that we allow God to speak to us and challenge us on our calling. Now, just to give a couple of examples, uh, maybe that's uh, in your work context. You might feel that um, God has uh, really wanted to use you um, to bless your colleagues, to minister to them, um, to be a source of strength to them. But maybe as you pray, as you hear from God, you believe that there's more to step into. Or it could be in the church um, setting um, that you, you know, feel that God's calling you to serve in a particular area. And, you know, as we've um, just encountered his presence this morning as well, maybe you feel just a sense that um, actually there's more that God wants me to step into as you hear from him. There's more that he has for me. And to share a personal example as well, um, a few months back, um, Gavin White preached here, uh, and he preached on being confident and courageous. And I really felt God challenging me in that, to be confident of, play, of what God has placed within me and courageous in moving forward in the call that he has for my life together with Rian. You know, it can be really challenging as well to have God's voice speak into our lives. Although God will assure us of our identity, it will bring us peace and strength. He also challenges us and wants to stretch us. So, so far, I've mainly um, spoken on the, the why of hearing God's voice, but I do want to talk about a little bit about how we hear his voice. You might be thinking, you know, how do I actually encounter him? How do I receive his voice into my life? And, you know, there's, there's many different ways that we can um, welcome and, and receive his voice. You know, as we come to the word, um, God can speak to us maybe highlighting a particular word um, or a phrase or speak through one of the stories uh, in the Bible. And it can be really good, can't it, when we come to the Word, to actually pray specifically, God, please speak to me as I, as I read your Word. And it might not be that every time we do that, we have amazing revelation and, and encounter. But as we come, just in that simple faith that we're believing that God's going to speak to us, He will speak to us. And also, it's vital, isn't it, that our prayer life uh, makes space for listening to God. Um, there can be so much that we want to pray for, you know, pray for other people in the church, pray for the situations in the world, pray for what's going on in our own life. Uh, but as well, what's really valuable is to take time to listen to God in that as well and allow him to speak into those situations. And as well as God speaking in um, you know, prayer um, as we encounter him that way, you know, we shouldn't limit God, should we? Um, that actually he can speak to us any time of day. Um, and I believe this is a topic that um, Sue Singh talks about quite a bit in the women's conference that was a few months back. Um, the fact that God can speak to us any time of day, whatever we're doing, you know, during the daily tasks of life, maybe we're preparing a meal, having lunch on our daily commute, whatever it is that we're doing, as we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, God's voice can be powerful and present in our lives. And each of, each of us are different as well. God speaks to us in different ways. Now, for some, it may be mainly in words. Others, you might have a, a picture. Um, could be the more usual way that God speaks to you. Uh, and for others, again, it could be visions. It could be dreams. Um, and obviously, prophetic word is a way that God speaks to us. And we've already experienced that this morning, haven't we? Um, 
and also, you know, prophetic words aren't just for the corporate setting like this, um, but it, it can be something that God gives us for another individual. Uh, and Richard spoke about that last week, and it was really exciting um, uh, to see us as a church responding at the end, you know, to taking time um, to listen to God and sharing a word with someone else. And if you're still challenged on that, I'd really encourage you um, to seek God. And if you're thinking, well, where do I start? It can be, it can be anybody. You know, maybe the people in your connect. Uh, maybe the people that you serve with. Just um, come before God and ask you to give, him a, um, give you a word for them. And he will do that. I just want to look um, briefly as well at some of the things that can hinder us in hearing God's voice. Now, a good question for us all to ask ourselves is, um, do I really want God to speak to me? Am I really investing time and effort in hearing God speak into my life? Or is it somewhat half-hearted? Am I seeking God? Another one is pride. A blocker um, to God's voice can be pride. Am I really reliant on um, God speaking into my life? Or actually do I think, oh my, I've got it all sorted. I prefer to be in control uh, of where I'm going, what I'm doing. Another one, fear. It's not helpful, is it, if we're fearful of what God might say to us um, as we seek his voice. You know, if we're fearful that he'll challenge us or prompt us to step out of our comfort zone, um, that isn't going to help us. But God's perfect love can cast out those fears. So do remember that. Um, Perhaps bitterness. Um, Maybe you're holding some form of bitterness towards God as a result of something that's happened in your life or maybe not happened, perhaps an unanswered prayer. And if you're holding any bitterness towards God, just know that he's able to free you of that. Christ died that you might be free of that. I know distractions as well can be something that gets in the way, whether it's worries or riches or just the concerns of life. Anything that begins to consume our thinking and becomes our focus can be detrimental to us hearing God. And if you feel that any of those apply to you, you know, there's no condemnation. I just urge you to lay them before God, allow him to work in you, minister to you, and he's a God who's able to do anything if you're willing. You know, a few uh, weeks back, um, Daniel Cole shared a word with us um, about responding to God. He encouraged us to be those who receive God's word, um, to mix it with faith and respond. And he encouraged us to be those who are eager to respond as well. And it's all good and well, isn't it, hearing God's voice in our lives. But if we don't respond to that voice, then it's not going to have an impact. Now, there's lots and lots of examples, isn't there, in the Bible of of people hearing God's voice. And I just want to um, highlight two and contrast two for us. Um, The first one being in the book of Jonah. I'm sure many of us um, know this story, but I'll just share a few verses from it in Jonah chapter 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, some of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish um, to flee from the Lord. Now Jonah knew exactly what God had spoken to him. He knew that he had a calling, but he fled from that call. He responded in entirely the wrong way by running away from God's purpose for his life. And in contrast to Jonah's response, um, in Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, in chapter 6, and verse 8, we read this. Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and whom will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. 
That is a fantastic response, isn't it? Here I am, send me. Isaiah gave himself willingly to putting God's purpose first. He put himself at God's disposal to use himself to deliver a tough message to God's people. And as God speaks to us in our lives, what will our response be? Will it be Jonah's to disregard what he's telling us, to go our own way? Or will we be those who welcome God speaking to us in our lives? Even when it's challenging, will we welcome God's sending as Isaiah did? So will we respond to who God says we are in our hearts to accept our identity, identity as God has made it? Will we receive hope as God speaks his promises and tells us who he's, what he's going to do in our situation? Will we respond to his calling with a, here I am, send me, I will go for you, Jesus? And as I close, I thought it'd be good for us just to take a few moments um, to hear what God is saying to us personally. Um, so I'd just like to invite the, the worship band to come up. Um, and as the music plays, um, I just encourage you to, to f- close your eyes and just to focus on God. You know, it might be that um, you've heard again the truth of God's love, um, his acceptance, that the fact that he's a good, good father. But for whatever reason, maybe you've been struggling with that, to fully accept that truth in your heart. And I just encourage you to um, allow God to speak to you. Allow God to speak to you about your identity, to who you are in him. Or maybe it's in hope. Perhaps you've been struggling with a circumstance in your life. You know, maybe you're longing for God to answer a prayer and perhaps you feel that hope is fading. And then in these few minutes, you know, just allow God to speak his hope into your life. Or perhaps it's direction and calling. You know, maybe you're feeling a bit overwhelmed. You, know, you don't have the answers on which way you should go. Again, look to God. Ask God to speak to you. Believe that he'll give you a, call, um, a clear sense of direction. I'm sure sure there's something that God wants to speak to all of us as well. And that's just a a drawing close as well. As God was speaking to us in the worship, I believe that there's a a pursuing of him that he wants to speak to us about. A going deeper, a drawing closer. So let's just be aware that um, God speaks for our benefit as well. He wants to speak to those around us. So just take this time, just close your eyes, focus on him. You know, forget about what's going, your concerns, your fears. Just allow him to speak over your life, to speak to you personally. Mm-hmm.